0: you've got those aerobic type profiles um, you've got those speed type profiles for me i was working at above 1.8 um being the speedsters and below 1.7 as the aerobic guys in between that that's what i've referred to as the mixed profile <laughs>
1: Welcome to the Pacey Performance Podcast, the podcast that dives into the philosophies, ideas, and practices of some of the best practitioners in high performance sport. There's a lot been made recently of the anaerobic speed reserve with the ability to use that to individualize conditioning in team sports. So, this has come up a couple of times in previous podcasts, most notably with Gareth Sanford. But I wanted to get someone on who was living it day-to-day. So Gareth did an amazing job of giving us a a great insight into what it is, how it's used. But Phil Scott, who is the strength and conditioning coach for the men's cricket national team, has spoke to Gareth, got the insights, got the knowledge, and is actually applying this day-to-day with his athletes. So if you're looking to individualise your conditioning and think that the anaerobic speed reserve may be able to do that. Have a little listen to this episode because Phil goes into a lot of depth in how he's bucketed his athletes into various different groups so he can individualize training. And I think you'll absolutely love this episode. Certainly I did, and I thought it was very insightful. So over to this episode with Phil. This episode of the Pace of Performance Podcast is sponsored by Team Builder. Team Builder is a software for performance coaches around the world. The Powerhouse platform increases efficiency, saves paper and can handle any type of programming. It's the perfect fit for professional and academy teams, performance institutes, schools and universities. TeamBuilder is full of tools that help coaches' needs. Multiple max tracking methods, 16 plus reports, evaluation testing and goal setting just to name a few. Coaches also have access to consultations with TeamBuilder's in-house sports scientists to help manage and analyze data. Head to teambuilder.com and sign up with promo code sportsmith to start your 30-day free trial. And this episode is also sponsored by Hawking Dynamics. Hawking Dynamics is the world's first wireless force plate testing system. The Hawking Dynamics system is built for coaches to test in the real world, not just in the lab. Capture reliable data on all your athletes in a matter of minutes and monitor their progress in the cloud from anywhere in the world. The Hawking Dynamics force plates are wireless, portable and trusted by teams at every level of sport. Integrating Force Plates into your athlete monitoring program has never been easier or more affordable. If you want to see the Hawking Dynamics Force plate system in action, head over to their website hawkindynamics.com to schedule a demo or follow them on Twitter at Hawking Dynamics. Also sponsoring this episode is Fusion Sport. SmarterBase from Fusion Sport is the premier human performance optimization platform for elite sports teams and military organizations. Built on infinitely configurable framework, Smarterbase is the most flexible software on the market. Create an adaptable solution to support your unique strategy, process and culture for a fraction of the cost and time it takes to build your own. Centralise your performance and health data by easily integrating with other tech and data systems using smarter bases, robust API and custom built connectors. Improve performance and reduce injury by enabling better communication and decision making with role based access, custom workflows, mobile apps and personalised visual dashboards. And with the SmarterBase success guarantee, you can be confident in your human performance solution and the people who stand behind it. Visit fusionsport.com forward slash SmarterBase to learn how SmarterBase can help you improve athlete performance and service member combat readiness. So without further ado, over to the episode with Phil. Phil Scott, welcome to the Pacing Performance Podcast. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you very much, Rob. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for thank you for jumping on. It feels like it's been a long time coming, but I'm I'm really pleased to have you and to dive into a particular area which is growing in momentum. And I find find these things fascinating. How certain things, certain tests, certain ways of doing things do take off. And I think this is pretty driven by a couple of different people. Um, but yeah, we'll dive into the anaerobic speed reserve and how you've implemented some of them things uh, into your work. But before we do, a little bit background on you, and then we'll have a little chat around, dispelling a few myths with regards to cricket, mm-hmm. but bio, bio first.
0: Bio first. Okay, so I'm currently the England men's strength and conditioning coach. I've been with, with England for eight, eight years now. Um, prior to that, I was at um, Lancashire Cricket, and then prior to that, um, a few varying roles, to be honest, um, that went from tennis to, um, I guess, university-based sports. In some of the scholarship athletes at at, at a Swansea University, which was um, was an amazing experience. Um, so yeah, but large chunk of my time has mostly been um, in the cricket world in the last few years. Did you
1: cut your teeth in the university setting? Was that
0: absolutely a- yeah, yeah? It was it was a real um, a, a real step in the right direction, given a lot of. Um, time to work with a real diverse population of athletes. And I guess um, it was 2009, 2010, um, that at Swansea, they set up that role and I was the first one to at that university to take that role on. And no one really knew what was expected or what was supposed to happen. They kind of said, look, there's, there's a load of um, a, a university scholarship athletes, these guys that varied from national to international. We even had a world champion in there uh, along the way, a world champion surf kayaker. So you know, it was an amazing experience to have those that array of, of athletes who were really keen to to uptake it, and um, and I, I yeah, I got to kind of crack on and, and try a few things, and um, it was it was an excellent experience to to build build towards the, the professional environment.
1: I've said this a few times, and I, I, I feel like I do have to apologise for for saying it. I think university setting, especially for early slash mid career strength and conditioning coach, is so good because she just group after group after group after group there's not that pressure that you you would get now working for england cricket or or similar i just think it's a great environment to be at and not to be i don't know not go the way but you you can often get weekends off you're going to get bank holidays you're going to get a decent allowance you're going to get a pension all them kind of things that kind of add to a, a package university ticks a lot of boxes and Absolutely. I think, yeah,
0: I'm, I'm a big fan, big fan. I think you get, you get an amazing um, set of facilities, really, as well. Um, and you get, for me, I had access to some brilliant lecturers who who were on tap to, to help me and um, to help me grow in that area as well. So um, it was a, a further free education, really.
1: And you get people coming through the university. Doing testing or preseason testing, rugby league. I had rugby league and rugby union. Then you can get involved with them and build up network and things. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm a big, big fan. Right, let's dispel a few myths in cricket because I don't want to be too harsh, but people well, may think, think. <laughs> people may think it's just a lot of guys standing around. So, I have let like, dispel a few myths for us when it comes to demands.
0: Yeah, I get it. Uh, it, it, it's it's deceptive, this sport. Um, and I would love to dispel a few myths. Um, I guess the first one, I'm not going to go any, near any rules because that can get a bit complicated. But fundamentally, I'm going to keep this really simple. We've got three formats. We've got the really short format, the T20. We've got the one-day format, which lasts, you know, seven, eight hours. And then we've got the test match, which lasts up to five days. Now, um, particularly the test match, that five-day experience um it, it does seem a lot slower but what these guys um what these guys do is 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 quite phenomenal really and i guess even i working in cricket until i got hold of the gps systems to to profile and understand what they did and even they even the players themselves they they didn't believe what they did and i and it, it was a bit of a shock so if i start the, if i start the shorter format the t20 which is 20 overs each it's about an hour and a half of Batting or fielding at a time, obviously. So it's three hours in total, and the the bowlers, in particular, with the fielding, will cover up to eight k even in that even that hour and a half. Um, if you're then going on to bat as well, and you are successful, you might look at it between one and three k, depending on how much running between the wickets you're doing. The bit that the the intensity comes from is they're they're up they're going up to three hundred meters of of high intensity sprinting, and there'll be around hundred. Uh, max excels and D cells within that game as well so it's, it's a lot to take on um, and bear in mind that I guess in a tournament scenario we it's a relatively short tournament for those those kind of um, for those T20 games so what, one experience we had was eight games in 21 days with six flights so that's a game every two and a half days if you get to the final which we with that experience we did um, and it, it just it's it's that ability to sustain that performance and recover from that plus you know, throwing a bit of jet lag as well. So these guys, they work hard for, for even at that T20 scenario. Um, the one day matches, um, obviously they go a bit further, but it's a similar intensity. So, you know, you're looking up to 16K a game for the bowlers. If the batters are going to go on and score 100 um, in their innings, that it could be between 5 and 7K. Um, again, similar high intensity amount of uh, excels and cells and sprinting work. Um, and the te- this one, this one's the big one, the test match, the five day. So if a, if a bowler is going to bowl 40 overs in a, in a match over those five days, then we've worked out it's around 50 K of an average total distance for that, for that match. The highest we've seen this year actually was 67 kilometers covered in, in a game.
1: Five, in five days?
0: Over those, it was, yeah, four and a half days. Um, and then I, the other thing just to, that I like to throw in there is that these guys have a couple of days training in as well. So if you chuck in another 7K um, in a, in a, through the training week, because we have, say, a couple of days, two, three days leading in, then they potentially cover up to 65, 70K. Then they're asked to repeat that seven times throughout the summer. That's it's a lot of distance and a lot of repeatability purely from a total distance. The bowlers, um, say within that 50K, uh, again, around 7K of that is above 20Ks an hour and around 3K of that is above 25Ks an hour. And just for a bit more framing, I guess, um, you're looking at standing in a field seven, for 17 hours. So when I explain this to my parents who um, w- w- to translate the numbers, I said, basically, for a few days in a row, go for a walk with the dog um, for six hours in a day over the course of the day. And every three minutes, I want you to do a 20-meter sprint. <laughs> that's that's the layman's translation of what they fundamentally do through these test matches so um, yeah it's a lot and and our, once once we got once we were able to explain that to the players and us as, as um, the science and medicine staff as well that wow this is what we're dealing with um, can we raise the game and the expectations and the conditioning of these guys to cope with that so yeah it was a big change at that point
1: good numbers good stats when did you get into cricket when was the when was your first job in cricket
0: uh 2012 how,
1: 2012 no. how has physical preparation changed since then i suppose what was what was what's it been like traditionally and then how has it developed since you've been involved since 2012
0: uh it's changed a lot i would say i think um my first experience uh my first morning of of walking into to cricket was Although I'd done a bit of cricket before, but as a lead was was still a shock, and I, I don't think it's out of it wasn't out of laziness or it wasn't out of they they couldn't be bothered. It was just they didn't have the resources and the, they didn't know what they didn't know at, at a certain point. Um, we do now know what we didn't know uh, now, but it, first my first job was to just turn up and sort the breakfast out. Um, there was just a, some toast in the corner with some cocoa bots pops and some some cornflakes mine kind of it's, breakfast is yours there you go <laughs> <laughs> podcast breakfast yes, um, yes. it was yeah it was it, it just things like that that they hadn't had access to necessarily the full nutrition support the, the full s support and I think um, you know the the, the, every, the qualifications and the experience that the guys are, guys and girls are coming in now as S&Cs to the county and cricket setup is, is obviously you know education's come a long way we've all come a long way in even the last 10 years so um and the players when I first turned up yeah they were I guess slightly behind and it wasn't as professional as it is now but they were they were desperate to learn and it was my first year with um with Lancashire and in county cricket was was one of my favorites because I was a bit nervous I was like okay I've got to take this on and are they going to listen and How's it going to go? But they were so desperate to learn and so keen to move forward that um, it was an amazing experience. They, they absolutely took off because they were like, wow, this is, okay, I feel quite good now, and this is what it feels like when I'm fit and I can, I can play properly. So, um, And that goes for you know the county setup and the practitioners we've got around now are all excellent, um, and we're lucky that as a group we, we communicate and pass on information and we, we get to spend quite a bit of time with each other. The way the games are set up as well—it's not you're passing football ships. It's sometimes four days um, that you're you're around each other. So um, it's a very open environment within cricket as the as a practitioner as well as um, the players having absorbed a lot of information and and knowing what they what they need to do.
1: Great, love it. Good insight into into the world of cricket, various forms. So we're going to have a little chat. Like I said, ten minutes ago, anaerobic speed reserve. Had Gareth Sanford on for a couple of episodes, uh, part one and part two back to back, diving into this in in lots of detail. So, if people want a really detailed view of what anaerobic speed reserve is, definitely check that out. However, it'd be great to get a, a, a brief review and then ju- of, of what it is, and then why you went down this route. What answers? Sorry, what questions
0: does it answer that you had? All right. So um yeah absolutely well i think if i take if i'm allowed to take it a step further back i think go for it yeah yeah um i I had a uh, when training um the the guys um i guess a couple of things stood out for me aerobically um that i was i was trying at least in the gym to um individualize you know alongside their previous injury history and um their, their role within the team. And I was trying to individualize at that time a few years ago, well, we were individualizing what they were doing and it didn't quite make sense to me that we were just aerobically programming fundamentally the same thing. It was periodized, but still quite general for everyone. Um, the other thing that stood out for me was that some of them hated it. And I, I guess you do to a certain extent, it hurts but it wasn't just that it hurts. They, it's, they were like, this is, they just, it didn't suit them. There was something that didn't make sense. And some of the guys were like, I hate, I hate long runs. I've never been on a long run in my life. Why are we doing, you know, three minutes on? uh, Even that for some of them, they were just arguing, not arguing, but they were putting their point across. And I, I, I couldn't, I, I, as we all like to be able to justify why we're doing something, I couldn't justify why they were feeling like that. And, um, I did so. I started just not necessarily going near the anaerobic speed reserve or anything like that. I just started reading everything possible on um, aerobic development, and obviously there's some amazing stuff out there from you know Larson and Boucher and um, David Bishop and and the papers that that go along those lines. And then I got to a point of I I, I kind of had absorbed a lot of information, but I was like still. Still, these guys are still, something's not clicking. So I said I, um, I made a call to Ben Rosenberg. I said, right, who are your, who are your go-tos? Who's in this area? Who are your go-tos? And um, thankfully, uh, he mentioned Gareth Sanford and um, Dan Levinport as well, which I'll, I'll talk about later what I learned from that. But that's where, that's where this whole, for me, this, this concept of individualizing um, the aerobic piece as, 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 as best as possible came from. Um, obviously Gareth has covered that um, in huge detail in, in that chat he, he had with you, but um, to kind of re go over, it, I guess it's 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 take if you're going to work above your maximum aerobic speed, then if you don't take into consideration that their top their top speed their maximal speed, then it, it it some athletes will have more efficiency and more in the tank left to work with than others. Um, So, if we take an example of uh, athlete A runs at seventeen, has an MAS of um, seventeen k's an hour. So athlete A and athlete B have seventeen k's an hour as their max aerobic speed. If we program for them at one hundred forty percent of that max aerobic speed, that comes out at twenty three point eight k's an hour. So that's how we, I guess, previous or it's it's it could be generalized. To take in the maximum aerobic speed, if we program at 40% of their ASR, athlete A will be going at 20 22.1 k's an hour, and athlete B will be going at 23.4. That's a that's fundamentally a, a, it's a big difference over the course of whatever you're programming, you know, 15 seconds on, 15 off, whatever it is. And and that for me was why some guys were blowing up um, and going, I can't complete it, and they're going, you're lazy. Blah, blah, blah. Whereas the other guys were going, this is too easy. And I'm like, why am I not, I'm trying to program this as precisely as possible, but we're still getting discrepancies. So I guess that's a further piece on how it came about for me and also why it's so important to take into the, into consideration those two, those two points.
1: Yeah. So to, to, to conduct a prof to get the profile, MAS, in what, what kind of test are you doing to get the MAS?
0: So um, for cricket, for what we're we're using the two k time trial, and um, we have access to a track at Loughborough. We also have a lovely round field to run around um, wherever we go in the world, and we've got grass as consistency as well. So we're happy with the ability to um, to go with that test um, from a validity point of view. um, From an easy, easy, easy way of um, it's an easy test to administer. Um, but also, um, not that you should hang your hat on one particular article or journal or anything. But um, there's there's support out there from there's a, a paper from twenty fifteen Bellinger um, that did some work with the um, AFL guys in Australia, um, and and found that that two K particularly was a was a very valid measure of of maximum aerobic speed. So that, it kind of was like, well, it's perfect. Um, so we 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 moved we've moved to that for the last few years. Okay, so you've got
1: your MES and you've got your maximal sprinting speed. Thirty meters, 30 meters.
0: So what we do is we do it. We've got the ability to do a forty-meter sprint. Our boundaries generally go, you know, up to sixty, even seventy meters. So I like quite a long um, sprint as such. To get their max, to get their max sprint speed, what I found previously was um, I took it between twenty and thirty, or thirty and forty. Um, and then having done a bit of research, I immediately cut that down to a five meter timing gate split, which makes a huge difference uh, in terms of your accuracy. Um, so I'll do a, we'll, we'll do a 10 meter, a 20 meter, a 25 meter split, a 30 meter split, a 35 meter split, and a, and a 40. But generally 90% of my guys will be hitting their max speed within 20 to 25 or 25 to 30. Um, and that's really key. Uh, in terms of getting a very accurate number. So you've got these two numbers.
1: Where do we go from where where do you go from there?
0: Well this is the exciting bit for me that I got that got um, unveiled by Gareth. So s- suddenly you, you've got your your max sprint speed, which you can divide by your max aerobic speed, and that gives you a ratio. Now in in Gareth's case with working with um elite middle distance runners, um, that threw out a certain a certain ratio for me um, I applied the same concept to my guys so international cricketers who are uh, our average 2k time when, when, when I first did it was 16.2 so ironically or amazingly exactly the same as that Bellinger paper as well which was gave me a bit more confidence um, and then from there I and I guess this is some creative license created my own um, divisions so, with that with that ratio, um, if you've got um, if you've got those aerobic type profiles, um, you've got those speed type profiles. For me, I was working at above one point eight, um, being the speedsters, and below one point seven as the aerobic guys. In between that, that's what I've referred to as the mixed profile. And when I when I first put this into the into my sheet and had a look it i also put some hopefully put some common sense and some um reasoning behind it and it and who i where i would put certain the speedsters ended up as the speedsters and where i put i mean i guess the speedsters are really obvious and the aerobic guys they're really obvious um so they, they fit quite nicely and then there was a i guess um, a mix of a mix of the guys in that mixed in that middle category um who actually when you come to think of it and when you come to talk to these guys um some of the conversations are what would you pref- what, what do you prefer doing if I let's say you could go for a, a two three four five K or you could do a sprint session they can't really answer you um and so it was it was nice to it was nice to see them sitting um very biased for you but it was nice to see them sitting in the middle where they couldn't really make up their minds as, arguably down to their physiology so this is how that's how i follow gareth's um sprint profile aerobic profile and mix but in my own world as such because cricketers definitely don't match up to um elite middle distance runners
1: yeah so that 1. 1.7 1. 1.8 and the guys in between and ace was it so, it was just common sense a little bit of reasoning
0: that came that you ended up at them ratios yeah, uh, yes basically it's very unscientific um it's it and and even um even visually once i put it on it actually it kind of just it it fit the, the the categories kind of created themselves so when i first did it there was two or three guys that were aerobic and like really aerobic they just can keep going all day they can recover really quickly they've got no interest in in hanging around for a rest period and and vice versa with those speed guys they they, they they need all the rest in the world, and they blow up quickly. Um, it, it kind of it, it really did fit as nicely as as I could have hoped. From there, you do there has been um, introductions of new players and um, and people that do ask a few more questions. Um, but yeah, absolutely. First of all, it was just applying of relatively non scientific um, common sense to the to the process that Gareth had put forward.
1: Okay, so we've got these three profiles. Yes, where do we go from there when it comes to actually programming?
0: so I guess again to take to take um, it back a slight step in terms of my my justification reasoning and thoughts and even some of the research that's come out more recently um, and I guess reiterate a point I've slightly made is some of these guys but um, when we're trying to get aerobically fitter for me applying a blanket a blanket approach to everyone just it doesn't work. Um, some guys I guess you've got your responders and your non-responders to a lot of work that we do and I believe this fiber typology is starting to um, unveil a little bit of, of of why we're getting we're getting those two different categories From an aerobic development point of view um, if I was if I was doing a blanket, interval session in a pre-season and it was, say, a minute on, 30 off, a deliberately two to one ratio for that aerobic development. Those aerobic guys, it, it didn't touch the side. It really, it, it's, it, it wasn't enough. And sometimes you and you get them going, can I do some more? Um, whereas the speed guys, the sprinters, um, the guys with that high max max sprint speed, would still blow up and they'd go okay they'd start really well but then they'd they really would blow up and they'd some of them not able to, to um, complete that session so um uh, there's also I guess there's also that research around um I really hope I'm saying her name correctly here but Aline livens um, I've days. only read her her work so i'm I'm really sorry. Um I've not actually had anyone say her name officially to me, but um you look at the 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 recovery profiles of those guys with fast fast twitch more of a fast twitch fiber set up and a more of a slow twitch. Um and I think they in 2020 she did um a study with 33, 30 seconds all-out Wingates and um the power drop-off for the fast twitch guys was um was 61%, whereas the the slow twitch guys are only 41%, and then um, on top of that, the slow twitch guys were recovered after 20 minutes. And I love this bit. Um, the fast twitch guys were not recovered even five hours later. There's still a significant drop-off. And that just sums up for me these this what we experience out with these team sports athletes who have such a range of, um, I guess, yeah, a range of um, physiology that we're dealing with um, and why some guys go, oh, I don't really want it, I'm f- I feel fine. And the others are like walking in like they've just completed just the biggest workout in the world so um yeah that's that's for me that really why these categories and and what we could what why we need to um individualize is so important what's your question do you want to get into the um do you want to get so i've gone on a bit of a rant there no it's fine do you want, no no, it's
1: good no i think you framed the framed the next bit which is which was the the question which was how are you actually programming for these yeah so what do what uh, the contrast of sessions and i'm interested in that middle group as well
0: yeah. so yeah Just um so if i start with the aerobic guys um as i as i've mentioned these guys we need lo- uh, longer intervals um to fundamentally give them time to get into that um that time at vo2 max that that for me 90% what i call the red zone 90% above um time at vo2 max um so a long interval so minimum for me if they're really aerobic two minutes four minutes up um up around four minutes um i usually always work with a two to one ratio there's a lot of work by david bishop that's been done and it just seems to keep coming back to the keeping able to find that balance to keep them in those in that red zone particularly in that time of age really important um, and this is where i mentioned earlier that dan laverport um he he gave me a lot of ideas in this area but um I've used previously 1K ladders. So if you think these guys are covering, um, if they're going at, you know, 18Ks an hour, that's uh, that's a, a three and a half minute 2K. So it's at three and a half minute K, sorry. So if you look at some 1K ladders, um, I found my aerobic guys really enjoy them. I start them relatively slowly. So if if they're if they're doing 1K in 330, I might start them at um, even four minutes or 350, and then take 10 seconds off for each ladder, and we go up to 5K. And they're very cocky at the beginning. Um, <laughs> they're, 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 this is too easy. This is way, but that accumulation and that build-up um, allows them to time to get in, in into that red zone and then and then hold that as well. So there's, there's there are a couple of um, longer intervals that I've used for those guys. The sprinters, um, I have found for the, some of more explosive guys, even a sprint session. I feel like they they can adapt aerobically to because it's such it's such work for them but fundamentally a sprint session but um uh, we've done uh, 10 20 30 40 meter of of sprinting um but with a jog back so little mani- manipulation of variables like that um with 2 to 3 minute rest periods and and then they go they can go again and trying to hold them around 90% of their max sprint speed so they're not completely blowing out from a hamstring point of view um one of one of my Go tos for these sprinters has been what I call aerobic tempos. Um, so we we look around hundred meters of well hundred meters of distance. They complete that hundred meters in around sixteen seconds, but then with an active, an active jog back to the start, they go on the minute, and we can break that up with, um, in uh, cricket loves sixes because it's because the it's six balls bowled in and over. So I generally break that up in overs or sixes. Um, and and give them a couple of minutes in between and we very quickly find they can accumulate a lot of, a lot of um, time at vo2 max in that red zone um, and that those sprinters they prefer that they rather get their their time at vo2 max in that setting than going even close to a 1k ladder that just that just doesn't work um I, you mentioned the mixed group um quite i guess a bit of a cop-out answer is you You've got options. You've got a lot of options. You've got all of those options. Maybe not to the extremes. I I probably don't go to the extremes in terms of even a mixed um, profile. I wouldn't necessarily jump straight towards that uh, 1K ladder. It might be more of a a 500 meter ladder, Um, and they because they they can go towards a you know more of a two minute interval for me um, rather than having to push them up towards that three four. again the they they respond they seem to respond very well to these aerobic intervals and some repeater sprint training so they they have for me the it's easier programming um and um i think the yeah it, it's you've got more options um it's just the extreme guys that um i tend to generally keep more in their categories.
1: So we just going to take a very quick break in the chat with Phil. Hope you enjoyed part one. So over in part two, we have a little chat more around the bucketing and the grouping of athletes, how that changes throughout the season, if that changes throughout the season. So a really interesting part two coming up. This episode of the Pacey Performance Podcast is sponsored by Omega Wave. Omega Wave is the only non-invasive at rest technology on the market that analyzes readiness to train via both brain and cardiac analysis. Using DC potential and HRV to understand your brain's energy level and autonomic nervous system balance allows you to use objective data on recovery and readiness that in turn helps you to truly individualize your training and thus optimize performance. OmegaWave also measures ECG from the V6 position. This data can be used by the medical profession to check cardiac health on a frequent basis. The measurement takes only four minutes to perform and results are visualised in an intuitive way, thanks to our Windows of Trainability concept. OmegaWave is used by hundreds of elite sports, military, and law enforcement organisations. OmegaWave are also the official partner of the UFC Performance Institute. Learn more about OmegaWave by visiting their website, omegawave.com, and their social media channels. And this episode is also sponsored by Santa College. Center College, led by Dr. Liam Hennessy, provides international recognised qualifications in strength and conditioning and performance science from certificate to master's level. Courses are designed by industry leaders such as Des Ryan and Professor Ian Jeffries, ensuring students and graduates are at the cutting edge of technology and learning the most current methodologies from world-renowned practitioners. Santa College's unique blended learning approach allows you to take the next step in your career in your own time and at your own pace. Lectures are delivered in an online classroom while residential workshops provide the perfect opportunity for practical application of your studies with guidance from experts within the field of sports science and performance coaching. With campus locations across Ireland, the UK, USA, India and South Africa, Applications are now open for courses including the BSc in strength and conditioning, MSC in performance coaching, and MSC in applied sport and exercise physiology. Visit dancercollege.com for more information on how to apply. And now back to the episode with Phil. The aerobic tempos that you do, why did you go down that route in terms of a, a tempo and just a, like a 16 second blanket? versus any more individualized options?
0: Um, I I guess, well, the one thing that's, the tempos are already there and it's something that, um, I guess, cricket, when when I turned up at cricket, that was, it's always been around. I think probably three things that have been around are 32nd on, 32nd off, Um, 23 sevens, um, so 30, uh, you complete 50 meters in seven seconds. You got 23 seconds off, usually a return and then go again. And, um, the hundred meter repeats. So it was, it was not something I was, um, needed to throw out. It was already sitting there. And I thought with a, with a bit of a tweak, we could make real good use of this. Um, and I know there's, I, I don't want to get into, I, I don't you know, that, that tempo, um, um, kind of session that's, that's for others and not for now, but, um, I'm comfortable with using that work cause it is a rhythm. And the other thing, um, there's for me, the tempo comes from the idea that it's a, ry- a rhythm run, um, which also from a cricket point of view, which is probably why it's been around sits very well with the bowlers. So if these guys are going to run in all day with their, with their run up and their run ups are 30, 40 meters long, sometimes, um you can sell this session particularly really nicely with them or, um because they have to get up to a rhythm, hold it, and that's what they're gonna be that's what they're gonna be going at. We can get a bit of time on feet, accumulation of, of distance at, at the right at the right speed. So it was an easy it was, we already had it, easy sell. Um and with a slight manipulation some variables, we get a really good adaptation out of it.
1: So would you ever would you ever get those sprint guys bring them down into a more mixed session or get the aerobic guys and bring them up into the more mixed and and basically would you contrast which group they're in you, ever. Yes,
0: I, I I would. I think um I think in terms of um probably where we're where I'm at or where we're at with, with this with this um kind of concept is the guys have been introduced to it, they're very comfortable with they know they can they know they can get a lot out of these sessions. They're so very efficient sessions for, for wherever they sit. And absolutely, that's, it's not ruled out that you're not allowed to go and do that or you're not allowed. Um, I just think um, it's it probably more appropriate for certain times of the season. We've got a very congest- congested year always. So um, I'm a, I am guess part of my sell to them was if you're going to do something, I want, it, I, I want an adaptation and I want it to be efficient as well. So... I I kind of know and they kind of know now if they go and do the opposite end of the spectrum for aerobic development it's not really going it's not really going to have as much of an impact as so but if we've got a 6 8 week period leading into a tour um and we've got time and and options and I can increase that volume of of some of the other end of the spectrum that allows adaptation or or reduce that volume then then yes we can we can make the use of that make use of that but I guess I'm I'm trying to be as efficient and targeted as possible with the with this with the scenario we have.
1: Cuz in the in this setup that's not to say these aerobic guys are not doing sprint work
0: 100%.
1: It's just when that's the goal is caveat, aerobic yeah. development. Yes. That's not their that's not
0: their thing. They're all doing um they're all doing their sprint work and we we sprint um obviously weekly um they sprint through the matches and it's all um it's all appropriate levels. They have to sprint because we're we're fundamentally looking to push their performance levels and raise their their ASR and and keep them healthy and hamstrings and all of that. Hundred so percent. Yeah. Sorry, I should have probably said that at the beginning. No, 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 it's fine. All people, no, it's, um, no, it's, yeah, they're, it's they're all sprinting and um and and that fits into the piece as well.
1: Yeah. So manag- management of this. So you've potentially got three different groups. Mm. How do you manage that logistically?
0: It's uh, it's great. It's 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 lovely when so. Um, Obviously, if so, my one of my favourite scenes once we got up and running with this, um, we had three different sessions going on at once um, on the field, and um, the guys have got their watches. So um, I was I was lucky enough to get um, the squad a a set of Garmin. So the aerobic guys, they're all programmed into the watch. Why am I? Kind of they hear the buzz and and they go off in their groups. we can have um, a, a sprint session going on, which is relatively easy to manage because um, it's a nice long rest period. So you can coach them technically whilst they're going, they've got nice long rest periods, repeated sprints um, with with run two between the wickets and with turns. Um, so, we, and once they un, once they know exactly what they're supposed to be doing, um, I can't run with those guys and you know shout at them when they're going around this 600 meter oval. So there has to be a little bit of independence and um but so yeah they can we can set things up um brilliantly and and they can they can crack on and if there is a big group um which hasn't doesn't always happen but it it is possible um the only thing i'd say is when we did when i did start this um coaches coaches were like well they're not running very far and why why they're lazy and why are they taking so long for their rest period and so there's a little bit of an education piece um, to the coaches to explain they are adapting, they're working relatively. Um, you know, if you've got those interval sessions and and you are and you are basing it on that ASR, then some of them might be five meters ahead, ten meters ahead, um, and you just have to make sure the coaches are aware so that they're not starting to um, create any any rhetoric around the players that isn't necessarily positive, which it should be. So you're pre-programming
1: the watches for each individual, so they have their own, each individual goal. Okay.
0: Yeah. Okay. Nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's one of it's. It's. A, I guess relatively a bit fiddly at beginning setup, but once you bang it in, they can click yeah. on.
1: Okay. Nice.
0: So the big thing, results. What
1: results yeah. have you had since introducing this?
0: Well, I mean, we've actually just. Um, I guess a bit of a shout out, we've just published a paper on on some of our phys- physical changes over, um, well, up, just up to just after the World Cup um, between 2016 and 2020. Uh, like, like huge changes. Um, so aerobic, the only caveat with this is aerobically, when I first started, we were with the, the, the we did the yo-yo, which um, we also got rid of and we're into the 2K. But um, we've, we've gone from Around when we first introduced the two K, which is around just over fifteen Ks an hour for our MAS. As I said, we we finished up around around one of our peaks around sixteen point two Ks an hour um, for an for, te- for a, a team average. Which um, for me, I'm, I'm I'm happy with with the kind of optimal aerobic um, levels that we would need for these guys to play play international cricket and recover. Um, if you were to take the yo-yo scores, we went from fairly low, if I give you a level, which was just below level 19 to um, just above level 20 um, for the for the yo-yo. So there the, have the, been huge, huge changes. And it, it's I guess what we've also seen is um, a complete buy-in around physical prep um, in general from that strength side, that aerobic side and that nutrition input as well. So, um, the guys have, the guys, the, the skin folds have come down while the aerobic piece has gone up and they've, they've they've improved all around. So, and it's been amazing to watch. And it's, I think it's that for me, with the aerobic piece at least, the, how happy they were with the individualization and the conversation we were able to have. And a couple of people who had maybe been through a lot of, who really didn't sit in the categories that, previously people wanted to when they we're doing blanket approach, that some of the reactions were like, Yes, yes, I've been trying to say this, but I don't know what to do about it. And the guys and, and they may not have been aerobically as developed because say they were sprinters and they don't want to do long runs. So they just suck it off. But now they've been taken into account and respected and individualized. They were able to push their aerobic capacity through the roof as well, which um They've obviously benefited from, and and, and it's changed uh, even the coaches' views of them as well. So, um, yeah, it's been huge.
1: You mentioned the publication. Hmm. What cricket seems pretty good when it comes to sharing in terms of yes. peer review. What why is why do you think cricket has got that mentality? So I, I
0: think, um, I guess, firstly, maybe the setup and the structure of cricket itself. We've got the ECB and the England team and fundamentally all the counties are financially supported by the ECB so there's a buy-in towards um, you know if you're going to be receive X amount of money you you're happy to, to give as well and as much as these counties um, are competing against each other, I think because of the setup and the structure, at least with as practitioners and SNCs and physios, we share a lot. Um, we have we have a WhatsApp group together. People bang on papers. Um, we have you know CPD days that um, we haven't done too much since COVID, but we, we usually do CPD days where practitioners will um, present what they've done in this uh, in their winter programs and what went well, what didn't, and it it just strangely seems very open to communication, and no one's there to get one over. Um, and I think we're really lucky with that. And and I think the the push from us recently in terms if we're publishing something is to be open and show that where cricket is now and and what is happening. And you know we're open to one hundred percent open to learning. And can we get anything else from anyone else? So um, hopefully there's no egos, and we're 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 keen to open our book and say this is what this is what we do. And and within cricket, as I say, everyone is it, it's. A, brilliant bunch of practitioners were are very keen to share. So we're really lucky with that. And I appreciate there's not every sport can do that because of it, it's not, it's not governed like that. But um, since we are, we, we're lucky we can do that.
1: I was speaking to Robin Thorpe uh, at some point during COVID and, and he, he described the importance for him to keep that one eye and part of his brain within that scientific process as a sport scientist to keep that academic side going is that important for you as a practitioner to keep peer review publication as a as a as a kind of a
0: constant? Um, personally, in terms of actually publishing, it's great, but no, it's not my um, reading and keeping up to date. And absolutely, um, I, I guess it's nice and it's a bonus, but it's not why I personally. Do X that we've, it just so happens we've got the information. Why not put it out there and, um, and I guess see what happens and, and allow it to be discussed and critiqued? So, um, yeah, it's, it's great, but it, it's not necessarily my first, my first, um, port of call personally. That's just my, my point of view.
1: Yeah, that's cool. I've just got a few more questions on the, on the fast bowlers because, because the loads that they go through and the management, I'm guessing for the fast bowlers, the management that you have to, um, put in place to get them through five days or multiple five days. Is there anything you do on the aerobic side to look after those in a particular way? Do you deal with them slightly different than the rest, or do they get they've got a they're are in a bucket, they're in the aerobic, in the speed, they're in the middle, and they're with everyone else, or do you make any adjustments for those guys?
0: Yeah, when we've got. I guess maybe more context as well. When we've got back-to-back tests, there's periods where we, we don't really get a chance to um, push them and and do an aerobic session. So um, they might do that um, 50K, 40 overs uh, on a on a Thursday to Monday. And then we're sometimes playing three days later. So we have, a three, we have a travel day, a training, inverted commas day, i.e. recovery day, recovery day, and then they play again. So I wouldn't, I, sometimes I, I, they are sore. They are really, really sore with with bowling that many overs with that much load through their bodies. Um, so it fundamentally becomes an active recovery session. Um, we sometimes, well, we have with the hotels, we access to the pools, they have their hands-on massage. Nutrition is is completely taken care of. We try to sleep as much as their, cricketers are good at sleeping anywhere um, at any time, particularly fast bowlers. Um, but I will be very, um, I will be keen in that period for them to to move, uh, and and we'll do an active recovery. And, and And to be honest, that might even look like um, I said those those, those hundred meter tempos, but it'll be with a walk back, and they can kind of take their time. But they always feel obviously feel a lot a lot better from it. So um, it it with within within the season like that. Um, when we do get a break, yes, I'll push them and most likely back into the categories what's interesting is with those bowl i haven't got any fast fast bowlers i've got any fast bowlers in an aerobic zone
1: okay that's the next question yeah yeah
0: and maybe um if they're going to be able to bowl 85 miles an hour more you've got to have a lot of fast twitch fibers for that and that doesn't suit an aerobic kind of person um so they're able to get aerobically very fit but it, it it just fits it's more suits them they're mostly in that high mixed category um so yeah we it's it's um it's an interesting it's an interesting group
1: have you made any change along the way to them 1.7 1.7 7 to 1.8 and 1.8 as you've gone on has anything been tweaked in them numbers or has it been steady and it seems to be seem to fit
0: yeah I've I've um what I've found is um uh, no I, to those categories I haven't what i've i've in terms of on my page i haven't what i have seen is um is is a is a few more once we hit that aerobic um that aerobic standard um then because we're pushing that maximum sprint speed we we see those ratios just go up a bit more so we'll probably push more guys into that 1.9 and twos um than than anything than, than changing those standards the only other thing i guess in uh, I, I You've not asked the question, but I'm going to give the information. That's please, right yeah, there. crack it, please do. In terms of, in terms of, for, for me personally, with with when a pro, applying this approach, if you're not aerobically fit enough in general, this doesn't work. So for me, that minimum standard for the guys I work with is 15 k's an hour, MAS of 15 k's an hour, or a minimum of eight minutes for two k's. Like that's your. If you're less than that, just go, we're going to go and do some work. And it doesn't matter what, it's not going to be pretty. <laughs> it's just going to work. Yeah. Um, I think what I've started to notice for the different groups, for the aerobic group, although that, say that eight minutes for a 2K is my uh, minimum standard or uh, 15Ks an hour. For that aerobic group, those aerobic profile, my minimum standard of where they really are or really should be is less than seven minutes. Um, So 17Ks an hour. If they're less than that, even by their own, and the conversation we have, even by their own standards, they're like, I'm not in good shape at the moment. Um, and that's what I've start, started to see consistently with those guys. That mixed group, for them to be in a good place aerobically, their minimum standard seems to be um, 16Ks an hour or more, so a 7 minute 30 for a 2K. And your your explosive, your sprinters, for them to feel like they're in a great shape, great place aerobically, they are between 7.30 and eight minutes. Um, and so as much as you can say, we've got a minimum standard, really each group for me, I feel like has got their own minimum standard as well. And um, and and it's and when you speak to them, it's not just me going, this is what I think it is. They're like, and I'm off the mark or I'm in great shape. And a, yeah, a sprint great shape could be 7.40. Whereas a sprint out of shape could be 05, but a 740 for a sprinter aerobically for a 2K, if my aerobic guys turned up with that, I'd be like, what is what's happened? Like, did you run backwards? It's it's they would be miles off the mark. So it's for me, it's taking that that next level of um of what the categories almost could or should be doing as well.
1: Amazing. I think this episode has been such an incredible compliment to Gareth's two parter. So I'll I'll, I'll link to Gareth's two-parter. Um, I think did you make the
0: intro to Gareth for me?
1: Or did you mention Gareth?
0: I I, can't I, I, I don't it know. I, I I would have if I had the opportunity. Um, but yeah, it's it's I've, I've, a lot of it, that work is it stemmed so much from from those papers he published. So it's been great.
1: No. well, no, I appreciate you coming on, mate. It's been it's been a great chat and really interesting to see how you guys are doing it and how that's kind of developed and how cricket's developed over last. 10 15 years of your with your involvement. Anyone that wants to get hold of the papers that you've done, get in touch, social media, where's the best place?
0: Um I guess I'm on Twitter, so I'm at PCF Scott. Um if you if you if you want anything in particular you want to chat or any questions or papers that that seem appropriate, give me a shout on that.
1: Perfect. Thank you very much. Really appreciate the chat. And um look forward, to, look forward to chatting soon. Cheers, Rob. Thank you. Thanks, mate. <music> thanks for tuning in to episode 417 of the Pacey Performance Podcast. Big thanks to Phil for fitting me in his tight schedule as he's travelling around the world with the men's national cricket team here in England. But big thanks to Hawking Dynamics, Fusion Sport, Omega Wave, Santa College, And Team Builder for sponsoring this episode today. I always appreciate their support. The podcast could not run its current form without these guys. So I really do, really do appreciate it. Big thanks to you for tuning in. Hope you got something out of it. Hope you got lots out of it as I did. And look forward to chatting to you next time.